0: Good morning, Uh, God in heaven, uh, let it be you now, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, If you guys had seen me a couple hours ago, I I, I haven't gotten real comfortable, you know, standing up and talking. You would have seen me in my car kind of jamming, getting amped up to uh, in Christ alone in the last the last line in that song is, <clears throat> here in the power of Christ I stand. And I just, I heard that and I smiled and I'm like, what do I got to be fearful of? And just, here in the power of Christ I stand. And I want to I try to communicate that to you guys today. I want to try to encourage you in that. And uh, last week, the, the guy that did the video and the guy standing in front of you uh, I, I would say it's two different guys. I was in the last couple of weeks. I've been struggling and, and, and struggling with doubt. And what I told my guys was, "Hey, I, I'm not. I'm not doubting God. I'm not. Right? Um, I'm not doubting God. I'm just. I'm just doubting myself. I'm just not feeling good about me. And and that was a lie. That was." That was a direct, those feelings that I had about myself was a direct reflection of the trust and belief I have in God in that time. I was doubting him, and, and so I was doubting myself and everything else. Isaiah 26.3 says, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And I, I had been, you know, in the word, I've been... Uh, I was just off, man. I just, I was lacking that. I wasn't, I've been in a community trans, uh, transition and, and just, it it wasn't long either. And, and, uh, I just, I had some doubt that was leading to unrest and, and restlessness. Um, I've allowed myself to believe I have control. And as a result, when things get tough, I doubt God. But that's, that's only from a result of already doubting Him. And so, um, that leads, like, what I, what I think and what I believe in God has a direct connection of the way I love others. And when I'm off on this, I begin to neg- negatively interpret what others are saying to me. Uh, this distorts my view on others who love me and are for me. And I want to, Greg and I, I'm on the leadership team, and, and we talk a lot. And, and just to show you the effect, I know Greg loves me. I love Greg. He's for me. He's an encourager. He is a, he's, he's just, he's, part, he's a part of my community. And, and uh, he sent a text to me, uh, and, and I was up in Billings running some errands, and, and I read this text and became infuriated. I was angry, and I was angry at Greg, and I was like, how dare you say that? How dare you think that? And I mean, it was, it was bad. Like what was going on in here? And I, I stopped and I was like I know he loves me. I know he loves me. And uh and, and I just it was bugging me and I couldn't get past it. And I just uh was was you know sharing that with, with some people and my wife and uh and the God's grace, like we, we uh, drill our boys and like with scripture memory and Tolan and Dobson, the oldest, they're, they're doing the good. They got quite a few under their belt. McCoy's getting, getting good. And, and I had taken the boys to school and I had Chapman, we were sitting outside waiting for time to go in. And Chapman, uh, he's our four year old, you know, trying to get him to memorize uh, John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept, like that has been a struggle. It's two stinking words. And so, anyway, he's sitting in my lap. We're sitting outside. He goes to Tiny Tots here. And as clearly and perfectly as he could have ever done, he, he says, he, he has his hands down. He's looking at something. And he's just like, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I was like, What? And, and uh, he said it again. And I was like, Man. And he learned that here in Outpost. It, on Sunday. And, uh, and that was just kind of a breath of like, I'm here. I, I hear you. You can believe me, like, trust me. And, and, and that just filled my sails. And I, I get done with him and I, I call Greg. I'm like, man, I got to talk to you. And I went and talked to him and I just told him about the anger about that text. And he's like, Hey man, just, you know, you know the you know the word of God, you know he loves you and just you reminded me. Just reminded me. And I, I just and so I went home and rewrote my sermon for this week after that. And just the the how uh how that had an effect on what I was reading. I've been digging in this and the thing I love about uh getting to to preach is just the amount of time and prep work and just really digging is it's awesome. And I just feel like that doubt and stuff. I think that's just an attack because I'm going to be up here today. But, um, so believing in and living a resurrected life with Jesus now, um, I I just started asking, like, I think we need to ask ourselves a very simple question. Do we believe? Do we believe? Um, are we willing to live in the light and pursue relationally? Are we crucifying our sin and even our temptations? Are we confessing? What I was likening this to as far as what the Corinthians were believing, like believing in the resurrection and believing the, in the bodily resurrection of Christ and, and ourselves, and just how one, one thing I've seen a lot just being in the position I'm in is, is how sin and past hurts and hang-ups have like, have a death grip. And the, and the people are not trusting and not believing that God can do the work to give them the freedom that he promises. And how do we encourage people to, you can do this. I've done this. I don't know if, I know all of you haven't heard my testimony, but feel free to ask, and I'll share it. I've, it was alcohol, pornography, and and lying, and just other things. and And it's, it used to be scary to talk about, but it's, it's not at all anymore. And so I titled this sermon, uh, well, let me, uh, Believing in and Living a Resurrected Life for Christ. And this is an essential, by the way, believing that God did raise Jesus from the dead. Romans 10, 9, 10, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes in is justified, and with the mouth one confesses in is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. And so I was likening this to, to Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that eternal life comes from the death of Christ, paying for our sins, and raising him in the resurrection, giving us new life. Um, Romans 8, 1 and 2, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And God wants those, like, once the, when I say those, I mean every single person alive. There's no one without a hurt or a doubt or a struggle, an addiction, whatever that may be. He will set you free from that. As sure as he raised Christ from the dead and showed us that he can defeat death and does defeat death, he'll do it for you. He's done it for me. He's done it for a lot of people. And I love Hearing those stories, and I want to encourage you to not hold on to those stories and that hurt. What you have been set free from, and that pain and that hurt—I don't care if it's abortion, uh, addictions, abuse, whatever it is—God will use that for His glory. When I when I get a chance to tell people about Jesus and and uh, and the hope that I have, and the hope that they can have. I, I, I was, I believe the lie of like, oh, I got to know all these scriptures, I got to go, you know, n- you know, know this to throw at them, and I think that's a huge mistake. You don't go up to somebody and say, hey, for the words of sin is death, you know, I mean, you're not going to do that. You're going to say, hey, let me t- tell you who you're talking to, okay? I, I was an alcoholic, man. I lied to my wife for years. I Whatever it is. I had an abortion. I used to abuse my wife. I used to, I robbed my company. Whatever it is. And, and but God. But God. And people are scared to death because they think they're the only one and they're not. They're one of many. Um, Romans 8, 6. Uh, For to test the mind, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And this is what I was not doing the last couple of weeks. I, I was reading the word, it was right in front of me, and I just, I wasn't believing. I, was, I needed to be reminded. I need to be reminded all the time. And so, to get into it, uh, verse 12, now if Christ is proclaimed uh, as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection Of the dead. And let's just consider the resurrection. What led to the resurrection? The death of Christ. Christ's crucifixion, Him being the propitiation for our sins. Romans 3:25. Which Christ was paying for our sins on the cross, paying the debt that we cannot pay, so that we may have life and freedom from bondage in the bondage of sin. Sin that is that we are commanded to confess, James 5.16. This is a core value, living authentically. This is why that's so important. You want to live authentically. You want to share your struggles and what's going on and the temptations that you have, where, where your flesh is pulling you so that you can be counseled biblically, another core value that we have here. Confessing sin can seem like crucifixion, Right? It's especially when you're new at it and you've not done it before, it get, it, it, I promise it gets easier. Um, so verse 13, uh, but, if there is, but, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that, Christ, that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. We become false teachers if we do not preach the full counsel of God in this. And this is, those Corinthians back then were, were getting off on this. They were not believing. First um, 1 Timothy, 1, uh, 4, 1, 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5 uh, Reminds us of this, and um, it was it was uh, these people having itching ears, like hired pastors to to tickle their ears. And we don't want to tickle your ear. We want to convict you with truth. If it's hard to hear and it's like it doesn't feel good, just consider it. Okay, it is. There's is a way that seems right to man, and its end is death. Okay. The life of a Christian and having faith and believing in God requires confessing sin. Christ died for that. If you don't think that's a big deal, it's a huge deal. But he will raise you from that. He will resurrect you from the sin that is holding you in bondage. The whole crucifixion is false if God did not raise Jesus from the dead. Jesus being raised from the dead proves everything else true in the word of God. All the Bible points to this truth. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. For if the dead are not raised, verse 16, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are the most, we are, we are people most to be pitied. And verse 19, if in Christ we have hope in this life only. Back then that's what Paul was just addressing like, hey, you only have hope in this life. And I would argue now, today, There's a lot of people that say they proclaim Christ and they don't have hope. They're not living in hope. They're allowing the grip of sin and that shame who is not from God. That is from the pit of hell. All of that shame. And when we confess that and we bring it in the light and and we share that hurt and allow God to take hold of that and heal it and we let go, That produces life in a big way. Um, Philippians 1, 21 through 24, this is Paul. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to part and be with Christ, for that is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Paul was like having a hard time. He has hope both in this life and the next, uh, being uh, in Christ and saved and resurrected. And uh, it's just, I wanna just say like, to let go of that sin, and, and trust and believe that God will heal you. He wants to do that. He's waiting to do that. And it's up to you to allow that to happen. Verse 20, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Christ is the first fruits, meaning there's more to come. This is speaking of a harvest and there's, there's a first fruits, And then there's a large, large crop, a bigger harvest after the first fruits, the beginning of a much larger crop. Romans eight twenty five: For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of the son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. This is this is that first fruit speech again. It's he is the first of many; those that are in Christ, those that will trust him and confess their sin and believe in their heart that God raised them from the dead. Verse 21. For as by a man came death, uh, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Death in Adam and life in Christ. We're all descendants of Adam, and we're all, we're born in sin. We don't, we don't have a choice but to believe and love Christ for a new life and to be resurrected. John fourteen six, Jesus said to him, Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I love that verse. I mean, that's the whole Bible right there. Um, and then John 10, 10, 10. the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And that the grip of sin is is that's that's what that the thief is using to steal your life away. And and the peace that Jesus offers but then I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. God offers up life and peace, but it's not without the work of faith and trust that we can ever live in it. We have to be willing to offer up our sin and confess, crucify our sin so that God can resurrect us from our sin. Remember Joseph back in Genesis and his brothers? He, they tried to kill him. I mean, they, this guy had a pretty l- lousy family. and Sorry, there was other words going through my head. Um, and the thing is, if it's a past affair or abuse or whatever it is that we're so scared to let go of, um, we have to do it. And I promise there will come life and peace when we begin to trust God with what is hurting us so bad that we have such a tight grip on. I've got some friends I've met recently and uh, they, they have tattoos on their arms and we were, <clears throat> we were hanging out with them and it's they're very similar. I don't think they're exactly the same, but um, anyway, we asked, what, you know, hey, what's the, what's the deal with these tattoos? And uh, he says, oh, that was, a, that was the worst year of our marriage. We wanted to give up. We wanted to uh, call it quits. And I was like, and you got that tattooed on your arm? He goes, yeah, we don't want to forget that. We don't want to forget what God brought us through. Uh, you hear that? I watched a deal with uh, uh, Eugene Peterson, and Bono, Bono is a believer. I, I, I watched this interview, and uh, anyway, they, they were asking him all kinds of questions, and then, and then hit on, uh, like, suffering and pain and all this, and, and they were like, well, what do you think about that, Bono? You know, I think they were trying to stump him or something, he was like, I'd, I'd rather that stay, I'd rather that be there, because... It was the hardest, most difficult things when I saw God shine the brightest. That's the gospel, man. I just, that encouraged me so much. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Chet reminded me of uh, Matthew 11, 29 and 30 last week. Uh, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am a gentle and lowly heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We have to, do you believe that? Do you believe that God's way is better and easier? There will when you begin to confess like all kinds of stuff. I talked to a sister this week who was uh, talking about this weekend and getting together. And, and there, was, there was someone that we were talking about and she said, I hadn't talked to him in, a, in a, about a year, but I got to get with him because I, I got to confess some things. And I, I was just, I hung up the phone and I was like, praise God, this, this, this person probably didn't even know this is going on in their head but it's keeping her from loving God and loving others well, she's going to go to him and say, hey, man, I've had these thoughts. I don't know what it was, but, you know, I- I've had these thoughts and things, and they've been keeping me from God and loving others well. And let's- I want to bury that. I want to I crucify that thought that whether it's sin or not, I don't know, but so that we can be resurrected and I can have this abundance in life and this peace, and that's a good thing, and he will give it to you. Verse 23, but in his own order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ, all believers, then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet, that the the last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when he says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is expected, accepted who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 54 through 57. We're going get, to get to this. Uh, when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality. It's a resurrection. Then <clears throat> shall come to pass the saying uh, that is written, death shall be swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, sin. And the power of sin is a law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through his death and crucifixion on the cross and through his resurrection, we have that. Verse 29. Sorry. Otherwise... What do people mean by being baptized on behalf of the dead? If the dead are not raised, if the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized on their behalf? This was, this is kind of funny to me. I'm oh, sorry. But um, they were acknowledging the resurrection, but they, they had zero trust that Christ paid the penalty There are other religions that actually practice this now, like baptizing someone alive for someone dead, and that's heresy. There is nowhere in Scripture that backs that up. So verse 30. Why are we in danger every hour? It's because they were doing foolish stuff like that. I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I die every day. And that's Luke 9, 23. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Every morning, you heard me say it before, I, I just, I, I have to do this. I have to make this a physical practice and get on my knees and say, God, Not me, you. Just help me deny myself. Help me not choose me, help me choose you. I I struggle with this. It's hard. I have decisions that throughout the day where I can make it easy and about me that I, without thinking, take. And and sometimes I don't. But I just, this is something I want to work on. This is something I want to get better at. Giving my life every day. I want to die every day for the one who died for me. What do I gain if, humanly speaking, I fought with the beasts of Ephesus? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. I know a lot of people like that in high school. (laughs) Stupid. I was one of them. Who cares, man? Let's do it. You know, just foolish, foolish living. If Christ didn't raise from the dead, what's the point, man? Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor, as is right, and do not go on sinning. For some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. We've got to allow people in on our sin that God will set you free from. Romans eight eleven. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, though his spirit, through his spirit who dwells in you. His death enables individuals to live free from the guilt of sin and to be certain of God's acceptance and approval. Rather than trying to wash oneself from guilt or earn the approval of others, one is free to live in the light of God's full acceptance with a cleansed conscience. Acts 24, 15, and 16. Having a hope in God which these men themselves accept, that there will be a resurrection both of the just and the unjust. So I always take pains to have a clear conscience toward both God and man. And I think part of that, part of that clear conscience, this has been on me a lot, is just, I, I didn't have to tell Greg that. My friend didn't have to go to this person that a year later that, and, and just say, I've been having these thoughts or whatever. They, Probably would never have known, but it, there would be, it would be that pebble in your shoe that just, it's not keeping you from doing much, but it's really uncomfortable. And this sin, it's just, or this, these thoughts and these feelings that are not pure and out of love and for that person's benefit or that would ever glorify God, that it, it hinders you. It keeps you from that. It's just having that clear conscience toward both God and man. It allows just a newness of life and freedom where you can breathe. And you don't have to worry, hey, what's that person thinking? You know what they're thinking. You're being honest and and forthcoming with the wickedness that's in our flesh. His resurrection enables individuals to live fearlessly in the face of death. The ultimate enemy has been defeated. So all of our other minor enemies have been stripped of their power. Individuals are able to work harder, but not for the gain or building of an identity or security. Christians already have those in Christ. We don't work from our own power. We trust in in the spirit that God has given to us for that power. He gives it to us. Do you not know that you are God's temple and His Spirit dwells in you? We need to believe this. I got a lot of Romans in here. Sorry, uh, Romans eight thirty four. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God? and who indeed is interceding for us. His resurrection means that death has been defeated. His resurrection means that death has been defeated. Come on. It has been stripped of its power and sting. Christians will ultimately be raised again to new life because of their union with the resurrected Christ, the Christ that has been raised. Um, The death of Christ was the ultimate example of God's love. People, there's, I've heard guys on TV, these big, like, mega church uh, pastors that'll say anything to get a donation or, you know, sit another seat, fill another seat. Um, they, they, they don't, they don't pre- preach the blood of Christ. They don't, because it's ugly and, and man, that's, that's wicked. That's dirty. That is the, if you define love by anything else other than Christ on the cross, you're off. That is the ultimate display of love that gives, it's a life-giving love. It's a hope that we have that we can trust in and live forever in glory. The resurrection of Christ from the dead is the first of a glorious example of Christ's exaltation. Christ was exalted when God raised him from the dead, and Christ was exalted when He ascended. Sorry, when He uh, <laughs> and Christ was exalted when He ascended to the Father's right hand. He will be exalted by all creation when He returns. All of these aspects work together to magnify the glory and worth of Christ, resulting in the praise and glory of His grace in rescuing sinners. <laughs> James 4, 7 through 10. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I love, resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's not not like he'll stop. He will turn the other way and flee. We got to resist him. And part of that resistance comes from, confessing the things that he is using to, for our shame our sin and confessing that and bringing it in the light and like James 5:16 says you know confessing to one another so that you may be prayed for the prayers of a righteous person have great power while it's working that's how we that's how we find our healing we got to get over this fear for God did not give us a spirit of fear but of power and love and self-control we, if we are acting in a spirit of fear, that is not of Christ. We need to ask ourselves, like, why am I not doing this? Am I scared? Am I fearful? That's not of God. So I'm, sorry, I was in James, uh, verse eight, chapter four. Draw near to God, listen to this, and he will draw near to you, Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. What's he talking about here? He's saying be humble. Humble yourselves. Verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. We gotta just stop and not think that we have this I got it going on appearance. I don't. We got to let go of that sin and let go of the the, the things and like my wife and I are part of Reengage and just when things start healing and marriages turn around it's when it's like I haven't been loving her well this way and and just confessing all of that where you have lacked and believing and allowing God to work on that. You will never, ever get it right apart from Christ. You won't. You can't. And I thank God for that. Because I used to wear myself out trying to. I got another one from Romans for you. 6, 13, and 14. Do Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law, but under grace. Do you not want sin to have dominion over you? Anybody? Chet doesn't. Thank you, Chet. All right. Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. Take care, brothers, lest there be any of you uh, an evil, unbelieving heart leading to, to you falling away from the living God. But exhort one another every day as long as it's called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. This is living authentically. This is why... Community and pursuing relationally, devoting daily, counseling biblically, all of that. Like, that, there's a reason we do that. And, and I just want to encourage you. Like, if, if there's nobody here, if there's people here that aren't in community or wondering, it does look different than a lot of places. What we ask you to do of like serving and, hey, confess your sin and be in a community group and uh, devote daily. We we get all that from Scripture. That's what that's what God tells us. And like through this last week of being in First Corinthians fifteen, I just saw like the incredible value of those core values that we have here. And we're not the only place that that does this. But just if you would be encouraged, I just pray that you're encouraged that you can trust God, you can believe God, he is good, and he will resurrect you from the junk that has a grip on you, from the sin, from the hurt, from whatever it is. That's all I got. So I hope I hope you heard God is good. I hope you heard he can, you can trust him. So many people have. If you, if, you, if you don't believe this or anything, come and say, hey, I don't believe that. I would much rather you be direct. And, and we can get down to business by being honest. And don't, don't say, oh, I got it. The worst thing you can do is just like, yeah, I'm a Christian, I got it together. And just be holding this stuff in. It's okay. And you're, you're missing out in a life that Christ died for for you to have. So God, Lord, thank you for, thank you for Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through the Son. God, I pray that we crucify our sin every day. I pray that we die every day and give our life to you so that we can live in the freedom and the abundance of life that you allow us to have in this life. Heaven the next. Thank you for your son. In his name I pray. Amen.